If you would, remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'll begin reading again in verse 13. Matthew 5, verse 13, as we continue the Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Praise God for his holy word. Please be seated. If there was ever a sermon in which God's children should camp out in, if there was a sermon in which we should study with great energy and devotion, a sermon in which we should be discussing in our homes, that we should pray and hide in our hearts, it is this sermon that preached his disciples on the side of the mountain. These words that Jesus preached, they show us how God's saving grace conforms those who have been justified, those who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. The beginning eight Beatitudes reveal the character of Christians. Next, we find the function of Christians, salt and light. In the four verses that we are presently studying, verses 17 through 20, they are the foundation of God's children. Last week we saw that Jesus Christ approves of the law and the prophets, and he fulfills the law and the prophets. And the word fulfills here does not instruct us to ignore what has been said or commanded in the Old Testament. In fact, it causes us to look back more closely at the Old Testament scriptures and what God established and what God himself breathed out for us, because Christ shows up in the New Testament not to abolish what has been done, but to turn the lights on. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is God-breathed, referring to the Old Testament. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. The man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So all Scripture is needed for our life, this life. Every verse is profitable. All of what God has breathed, it equips us as his children. B.B. Warfield declared, to hear the Scripture is to hear God speak. To hear the Scripture is to hear God speak. So in summary, Christ spoke in the Old Testament through the Law and the Prophets, telling of His coming. And in the New Testament, Christ shows up accomplishing what the Scriptures promised. So we need all that Christ spoke through the Law and the Prophets. We need all the Old Testament, not just the New So our focus today is Matthew 5, verse 18. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, 
not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. You know, I do not believe that a born-again Christian would ever declare, I do not need the Holy Spirit. That would be extremely ignorant and foolish. But many in our culture live, they make decisions, they talk, they teach, as if they have uttered the words, I don't need what God has breathed. I've heard many times, I know what the scriptures say, but... I mean, imagine walking up to the throne of grace, standing there and declaring, I heard you, Lord, but no! This is what we do when we sin. And we all sin, 1 John 1, 8. All Christians, no matter your spiritual maturity, no matter your numerical age this morning, need to be people of the Word. Possessing a great reverence for what God has spoken and preserved. The law of God is important. We all need the Scriptures. Point number one this morning is the permanence of the Scriptures. The permanence of the Scriptures. Jesus made it clear in verse 17 of Matthew 5, He did not come to abolish the law or the prophets. And in verse 18, he informs us that the scriptures and the law, they are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. He says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So Jesus is making a promise to his disciples, not a possible outcome. This is a promise to you. They will not pass away. He is declaring with absolute certainty a sure thing. What is that promise? Not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. This is the absolute permanence of the Holy Scriptures. Permanence is a state or quality of lasting or remaining unchanged indefinitely. You know, in our life, it seems like the majority of people, they don't want to ever physically change. We want to spend money and do all these different things as if we don't age. We do. We have this promise here. Until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. The permanence of God's word. Jesus later on said in Matthew, Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. That is, the smallest letter will not go away. Not even the smallest mark of a letter in the Hebrew alphabet will fade. Every letter and word that God has breathed will remain. So Psalm 119.89, forever, O Lord, Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Over time, our words fade and they go on deaf ears. Great speeches throughout history, great writings, great sermons, great books that have been written, they've all been forgotten. But God's word is firmly fixed. The Son of God has declared, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them and the importance of the Scriptures and their permanence. 
Point two is the authority of the Scriptures. The Scriptures are breathed out. They are important. They are permanent. And they have authority over our lives. For Christ did not come to abolish them. This is why it is wrong for any of us ever to say, I know what God has said, but... They have authority over our lives as if we're standing before the Lord at this moment. The 69 declares, Holy Scripture demands belief, yet its authority does not depend on the testimony of any person or church, but entirely on God, its author, who is truth itself. Therefore, it is to be received because it is the word of God. So because the scriptures are God-breathed, and nothing else is, by the way, they have authority over our lives as creatures made as an image. We cannot pick and choose what we like or dislike. We cannot ignore some verses while embracing others. That's what children do. All the scriptures have authority, for they have all been spoken by the Lord. Jesus did not come in the New Testament showing up ignoring the Old Testament scriptures he never ignored what he breathed he knew it Jesus quotes the Old Testament scriptures 78 times 78 times over a three year period over one tenth of his words were all Old Testament scriptures. Jesus quoted from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Amos, Jonah, Micah, and Malachi. He called the Old Testament scriptures the scriptures, the word of God, the wisdom of God, and the law and the prophets. And don't miss this Christ knew the scriptures. Christ quoted the scriptures, Christ talked about the scriptures, Christ affirmed the scriptures, Christ fulfilled the scriptures, and he taught the scriptures. That was his life. And looking at the New Testament as a whole, the Old Testament scriptures are quoted 283 times throughout the New Testament. That's quotations. That's not leading into and pointing back to the scriptures. So to be a Christian is to be a man, woman, youth, or child who submits themselves to the truth and commands found in the Scriptures, for the Scriptures have authority over our lives. This means when we have feelings about something, when we see the culture going down a direction, we can't say, I know what God's Word says, but we must say, this is what God says, and we stand on it. So how do we live? How do we live in a culture in which people are declaring this is what love is? How do we live in a culture in which people are declaring this is what truth is? How do we say this is not what Jesus we say? This is, this is we must live according to the scriptures. How do we live? We look to the scriptures. How easy it is for us to just get on our phones, get on our tablets, Google something, we must first look at what God has said to instruct us in how we are to think and to live. What do we do when we are in a trial? We look to the Scriptures. How are we to think we are to look to the Scriptures? What has God commanded we are to look to the Scriptures? The reason that so many Christians don't live a life that looks like they're following Jesus is because they don't know what Jesus has said. The scriptures are permanent, and they have authority over our lives. 
You know, are these two truths impacting how you live at this very moment? I'm not asking if you can say amen in a church service. I'm not asking if you can agree with what's being taught from the pulpit or on Wednesday. I'm asking you, do the scriptures impact the way that you live when you go outside these doors? When you enter the doors at your home, is that changing there? Is that the culture there that you are pointing whoever's in that home back to Christ? Because privately, you're pointing your life back to Christ through the scriptures. The Holy Scriptures, they are permanent, and they do have authority over our lives. Do you have reverence for the permanence and the authority of God's Word? Are you looking to the Lord and to what will last? Because they're not going away. The Holy Scriptures are permanent, and they have authority over our lives. Point number three is the inerrancy and infallibility of the Scriptures the inerrancy and infallibility of the Scriptures. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So what the Lord has breathed, what the Lord has affirmed and fulfilled, it is absolutely perfect. What he has breathed out is perfect. What he affirms is perfect. And what he fulfills is perfect. This means the Scriptures are absolutely true. Inerrant. That's without error and completely true. Infallible is they are incapable of making a mistake because they're breathed out by God himself. Because the scriptures are inspired, that's words divinely given by the Holy Spirit to men, written down, they are without error, and they are fully true. God is perfect, and he doesn't make mistakes. Even in his actions of working with men and women and youth and children, believers and unbelievers, what he is set out to accomplishing, he accomplishes perfectly. The scriptures themselves claim to be true, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, taught them as truth. 2 Peter 1, 19-21, And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. This is what is so amazing. We have so much accuracy and detail concerning the word of God. Scriptures like this have been so removed from our culture and our churches in which we don't understand why is my life going this way? Why are things happening like this? It's because most Christians are living in the dark. We have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we must not be ignorant of what God has breathed. Therefore, a great priority of our life must be to know the Word of God. As Charles Spurgeon declared, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. We have access to the inerrant and infallible word of God, that which God has spoken and breathed and he has preserved it for us, we should be abiding in it. 
It's as if a child has walked up to his father and he sits down Indian style and he's listening and hanging on every word in which his father has said he doesn't want to leave and depart and run off. He doesn't want to listen to the things of this world. He wants to listen to his father. That's the picture of God's children. We find rest for our weary soul when we abide in the word of God. We can remain faithful in our trials by looking to Christ and not our circumstances. The scriptures are permanent, they are authoritative, they are inerrant, and they are infallible. And point number four, I beg to say, is probably the most important, the sufficiency of the scriptures. The sufficiency of the scriptures. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. There is no doubt in our age that one of the battles being fought today is the sufficiency of the scriptures. Many theologians have actually gone back and looked at history that's been easily recorded and said we've fought so hard for the inerrancy and the infallibility and the beauty of the scriptures that we failed to fight for the fact that they are sufficient. So many in the church have been in their knee and their voices to the false teaching of the day, and in turn they have elevated the opinions of men and women above what God has breathed. It doesn't matter the name of the individual, the name of the pastor, the name of the theologian. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we reject it. The Word of God must not be moved to our desired location, but remain in its high position in which God has placed it. How Christ lived, how Christ taught, what Christ preached, what he was teaching on the side of the mountain, we don't have the right to take what he has written and lower it to where it's more comfortable for us to live. We leave it there in its high position. You can believe in the permanence of the Scripture, the authoritative of the Scriptures, the inspired, inerrant, infallible Scriptures, but if you don't believe in the sufficiency of the Scripture, who cares? Sufficiency is key. In the words of Kevin DeYoung, the Scriptures contain everything we need for knowledge of salvation and godly living. We don't need any new revelation from heaven. Sufficiency is the attribute most quickly doubted by rank-and-file church-going Christians. We can say all the right things about the Bible. We can even read it regularly. And when life gets difficult or just a bit boring for us, we look for new words, new revelation, and new experiences to bring us closer to God, as if what God has said is not enough for you. We have all we need preserved for us in the Holy Scriptures. John Frame said, Scripture is clear enough to make us responsible for carrying out our present responsibilities to God. Church Father Athanasius declared, the sacred and divinely inspired Scriptures are sufficient for the exposition of the truth. In lay language, he's saying, whatever Christ has uttered here, we can go back and flip to other pages and look at what Christ has written here, and it's sufficient because we can understand it because we have the Holy Spirit. So let's look at it this way. The promise of the Messiah was given in Genesis 3, right after the fall. The Messiah arrives, just as the Old Testament scriptures 
described in detail, Christ responds to the temptations of Satan by using the scriptures. Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, I came to fulfill them. Christ goes on to teach the scriptures, and now we have words declaring the scriptures will not pass away. They will accomplish their intended purpose. And after the resurrection of Christ, when Jesus appeared to his disciples on the road, we find these words in Luke 24, verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Christ has already died and risen from the grave, and he's going back, spending time with his disciples and walking with them, and he goes from the Old Testament, and he points to all these passages. He said, those are about me. I am the fulfillment of this. He goes on to say in Luke 24, 44, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Christ knew exactly what he was doing. And then now in 2023, many are saying the scriptures are lacking. They are not enough. More is needed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have everything that we need. In the 500 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, they had everything that they needed. After Christ came and taught, those people had everything that they needed. Every generation has this battle. We think we need more. We think we need a new spoken word. We think we need this experience. We have what we need preserved by God himself in his holy word. 2 Timothy 3 gives us great insight into what surrounds us today. But understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Maybe you're saying a divine amen. I want to read this passage one more time, but I want you to think about areas in which you have given in. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. What do you do when you enter into times of difficulty? People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Paul goes on to say in 2 Timothy 3, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, so the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. 
The scriptures make us wise for salvation and they are profitable in every way in our road of sanctification. We need to continue in the scriptures. Paul goes on in 2 Timothy 4, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. So he has described what's going to happen in the culture. He has talked to them about you need to continue. Now that you need to continue, this is what you must do after I am gone. Preach the word. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, one of the things within Scripture, as we're talking about sufficiency, is that we go to the Scriptures in prayer, and we go to the Scriptures to learn. We go to grow and mature, and we rely on what God has said alone for that growth. I've been reading a book about technology here recently and how social media changes everything, and I love what the author said at the beginning. He says, my goal is not for you to dump all your social media accounts. If you do that, great, wonderful, amen. My goal is for you to understand that you and everybody else around you, you are being changed because of social media and how this affects you as a Christian and how it affects the body of Christ. And in so many times, we have been so guilty of being consumed with what other videos have said, what other pastors have said, what other theologians have written, and everything else. And we have allowed those things to form what, what we believe and what we do when we ourselves haven't declared with our life the scriptures are sufficient. That we haven't gone to them and they're not enough. We must continue in the scriptures. Jesus in the early church, they didn't believe that the scriptures were lacking. Paul told Timothy to preach the word, for the word is sufficient in all things. So I want us to look at an Old Testament passage together concerning the sufficiency of God's word. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19. These first six verses in Psalm 19... These are speaking to general revelation, not special revelation. General revelation would be like Romans chapter 1. You walk outside, you look around you and nature and everything going on, and you're without excuse that there is a God. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So this is about general revelation, but general revelation does not save General revelation is not the gospel. So we continue. Verse 7. The law of Yahweh is perfect, reviving the soul. 
The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise is simple. The precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The, the commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The rules of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. These verses speak to special revelation, the sufficiency of what God has breathed. And there are six statements here concerning the word of God, going back to verse 7. Statement 1, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That's the Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures are perfect. Hebrews 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and a marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. But do not miss this. In reviving of the soul, you and I become angry because we have cherished sin. This is why many church-going Christians, they ignore the word of God because they don't want to change how they're living. The second thing we find is the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. That the scriptures are trustworthy. They are sure. They make wise a simple man, woman, youth, or child. Hebrews chapter 5. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There is a reason why so many churchgoers are where they are concerning the word of God because they haven't abided and they haven't grown in their love and appreciation for what God God has breathed. It makes wise the simple. Number three, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The scriptures keep us going on the good old path, and the result is joy. I mean, that's what the scriptures do. If you ever open up a passage and you read the word of God and you find out, I'm not alone. Like, this is what happens. I struggle just like this person did. I, I, I don't want to do this thing, but I do it. And our heart is encouraged and we rejoice because this is the Lord sanctifying us. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This should not only happen at church. This should happen in your car. This should happen in your quiet time. This should be happening in your homes, that you're dwelling upon Christ and dwelling upon his words richly. And it flows out into teaching and admonishing and encouraging one another and singing because your heart is overwhelmed with what God has provided you, the permanence of the scriptures. The fourth is the commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes that God has commanded us to follow his words, and they are good words. 
1 John 3, 23 and 24, and this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and love one another, just as He has commanded us. Whoever keeps His commandments abides in God, and God in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given to us. Number five is the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Scripture is clean. He's still speaking about Scripture here. Scripture is clean. Scripture is enduring forever. It awakens us, and the result is that we fear the Lord. If you're doing a Bible study and you don't walk away with more fear and reverence for the Lord, you've made that study about you. You need to go back and redo it. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Principle 6, the rules of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. So the Bible is true. It is all righteous. We don't come along and say, Lord, I like what you say about this, but I don't like this. Psalm 119, 160. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The sum of your word is truth. And adding, you don't take away decimals and points to do a sum because you don't like that decimal and you don't like that point. You leave it in. The sum of your word is truth. God's sufficient word is perfect. It is sure. It is right. It is pure. It is clean. It is true. And we find all this in the Old Testament passage. What could be more desired than God and his holy word? I actually want you to answer that in your heart. What could be more desired than God and his holy word? Because you and I have answered it with many things. And whatever we have answered it with, we need to repent of those things and ask for forgiveness. We need to turn from those things. Our creator and savior has made us for himself. So we have looked at the permanence of the scriptures, the authority of the scriptures, the inerrancy and infallibility of the scriptures, the sufficiency of the scriptures, and now final point, number five, the fulfillment of the scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 18, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So the scriptures, they are breathed out by God himself, and they will accomplish their intended purpose. Whatever God did not want to do, it will not be done, and everything that God wants to accomplish will be done. This is where God's people say, praise God, that we have an amazing God who can do that. That all the scriptures will be fulfilled Joel Beek said, divine inspiration extends to the smallest parts of the prophetic writings, and therefore God will bring to completion all he has said in his word without fail. That right there should blow our minds because there is nothing that we have done without fail. He will accomplish it all, all the scriptures without fail. Many promises of the Lord, they have already been fulfilled, and those promises which have not yet been fulfilled, they will be fulfilled. And we should view them as they're already done. That all will be accomplished by God. So no matter your spiritual maturity or your numerical age, we are to be people of the book, possessing a great reverence for what God has breathed and preserved. And I'll go a step further. I've never seen an older man or woman who are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s finish their race well without the Scriptures. Not one time. 
I've never seen a man or woman say, well, you know, I've just, I've, I've harvested all the studies and I've just put the scriptures aside and I'm just living to the glory of God. As soon as you put the scriptures aside, you've stopped living for the glory of God. All will be accomplished by the Lord. Are we having a great reverence for what God has breathed and preserved? So are the Holy Scriptures important in your life, as important in your life as they should be? Now, I already know your answer for that. Your answer is no. Welcome to the club. I'm in the same boat with you. Are the Holy Scriptures as important in your life as they should be? No. The answer is no. They're not. Are the Scriptures your authority? You've got to answer that. I didn't say it was John Piper, R.C. Sproul, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards your authority. Are the scriptures your authority? Are you living as if the scriptures are sufficient, that they can equip you, encourage you, spur you on to love and good works? Are, Are you mindful that they are profitable for every area of sanctification in your life? Are you living as if the scriptures are sufficient? If you're not abiding, the answer is no. So the question remains, how can you and I begin today in valuing God's word more as you seek to live a holy life before the Lord? That's something that you have to answer. And I hope that's an answer that you actually take to heart and you actually think about those things. But I have, I have these things to do. There's laundry to be done. The house needs to be cleaned. There's homework to be done. I've got papers for school that I've got to grade. I've got to do all these things. We have to do all these things. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And you have a holy God who has created you for him. All those things will not be a valid excuse in which is good enough before the Lord saying, I, the Lord's just like, I had no idea that you had all this stuff going on. I, I, just, I just didn't know. Sometimes it is absolutely true that we have not because we ask not. We have not because we haven't put forth the effort and the work. We have not because we haven't studied. We haven't abided We've chosen to walk in darkness versus walking in the light of the word of God. But understand this, all will be accomplished. Christ will return, and when he does, he is going to judge. Are you ready to give an account right now of your life? Have you repented of your sins and trusted in Christ alone for your salvation? I know this, when Christ returns I don't want to stand before the Lord and I don't want to have a life that is being lived in which I did not think what Christ had breathed out was sufficient. As if I needed something else that this world has to offer. As if I needed these things would not last when I know the word of God is going to last, God is going to last, and I am to be living my life for him. And God is going to accomplish all that he has set out to accomplish. May we be found as God's children, abiding and obeying and cherishing his sufficient and permanent word. Father, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your holy word. Lord, forgive us when we have lived a life verbalizing with our voice and with our lips 
that you are enough, your word is enough, but our life looks nothing like it's enough. Father, show us by your Holy Spirit areas in our life in which we need to line up with what you have breathed and not lower your word. And we be men and women, redeemed children who raise up and lift high your word because that's its proper place. Father, I pray for those who believe that you are not sufficient, that you would convict them of their sin, that you would draw them to yourself. That we don't do things to earn our salvation, but we solely rest upon Christ and everything that he has accomplished for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness that is found in your son. Thank you for the ability to gather together this morning and to hear your word, to be encouraged through song and the prayers and the scripture being read, to hear from the amazing teachers that you have gifted in this church. Father, may we live lives that are pleasing to you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.